0: Did you hear what happened Last Saturday night While dancing and drinking We all got half-tied This sweet thing named Charmin Was dancing with me When up jumped her boyfriend at me, Please don't squeeze my Charmin, don't hold her so tight, you'd best keep my warning, it's my last one tonight, she's soft and she's gentle, and as sweet as can be, and a Charmin needs squeezing, About midnight I was feeling no pain And me and Miss Charmin Were dancing again Then Hank and Big Harlan Got into a fight And I heard someone holler As out went the light Squeeze my charm Don't hold her so tight You'd best keep my warm
1: birthday to me and that was where it all began. In the late 60s, my father heard that song and he decided that the girl in that song was it and if he ever had a daughter she was going to be just like that. And that was the moment my name was picked. And I have been listening to country music since I was a sperm. I'll tell ya, I tell you, I had heard it all with this name. Now, when I started kindergarten, I absolutely hated it. The first day of kindergarten, that teacher must have called every name she could think of that started with an S, just not to say the word Charmin. And she finally broke down and said it, and I stood up, and she said, pick another name. And I said, why? She said, go by your middle name. And I said, why? That's my name. I like my name. I was named after a song. It's fun. And she said, pick another name. Trust me. People are going to tease you. And she's saying this to me in front of every kid in the class. They don't know either. Or maybe they knew and I was the only one who didn't know. I don't know. And I said, no, it's my name. That's what I'm going to go by. And uh, (laughs) I've been coming up with comeback lines ever since. So today is my birthday and I'm gonna share some stories with you because that's what we always what's what I do here this week, you know. Charmin Smith tangy the titta, your 2020 candidate for president. This is a big day for me. And so I want to make sure that I, I take the opportunity to really share who I am and answer probably some lingering questions for those of you out there who wonder just how the heck did I manage to keep and get a name like this? What what is it I've heard? <clears throat> what kind of a name is that? And I say, it's proof my daddy was an asshole. And we all laugh and it's a good time, but there's a long story attached to it. And there's some um, tips and tricks that I have picked up along the way. I mentioned last week talking about playing 20 questions with people so you can, um, you know, get to know people better, and, and I definitely think in the top five of those 20 questions that you start with with somebody, you should uh, include your opinion that you support the death penalty for pedophiles. I, I, I find that to be um, quite effective, actually, really within the first five questions, just to make sure we all know who we're dealing with, because you really don't know who you are until somebody defends pedophiles or people who've been accused of sexual assault, or you, you it, it will happen. Those people do exist. Now, I know a lot of people are thinking that it just it can't ever be. Ooh, it's one oh seven p.m. Hey, I was born at one oh seven p.m. East Coast time. It really is my birthday. Oh, what was I saying? <clears throat> Establishing the, the the 20 questions, the get-to-know-you. When you, when you meet somebody who defends, rape or sexual assault or makes jokes about it or makes jokes about domestic violence or makes jokes about pedophilia you know some things just aren't funny and it's not just because i'm oversensitive because of my trauma you're not funny some things just aren't funny it's it's just a reality check and as you meet people who make jokes about it and defend it when they're confronted with it you'll have to acknowledge that you didn't really know this person until now. And it is a real painful reality check, but it is something that we all need to do. My opinion it's two cents. You know, you take it like any other opinion, you listen and you smile politely and you nod and you do whatever the heck you want to do. So I'm named after a country and Western song from the mid-60s. My dad thought that that girl was just it. My mom, her, she was named Elsie. Um, and she was born in Washington, and Borden Milk was really big out there, and they had Elsie the Borden Cow. So when she was growing up, she was called Elsie the Borden Cow every day at school, and she begged my father to pick a different name. Any name, didn't matter what it was, he, she she wanted him to pick anything else. He wanted to spell it with a C. Told the paper commercials out, Mr. Whipple was everywhere. Don't squeeze my Charmin was definitely a thing. He wanted to spell it just like the toilet paper. And he finally conceded not to name me Charmin if he could name me Venus, which was his high school sweetheart's name. And my mother absolutely was not having that. (laughs) no. Now, this is important especially as you do the 20 questions, get to know, you figure out who you're dealing with. There is something that I have discovered through the years of meeting other trauma survivors. And I think this is a hidden tell for um, pedophiles and we didn't realize it. Somebody helped me click it into place. So I'd like to help you click it too. I met one other person in my life whose father also wanted to name them after their high school sweetheart, and her father was a pedophile too. And I think there is something here to this, we see it in Hollywood movies, we hear the stories that people in Hollywood are notorious pedophiles, we know that there's a pedophile ring, we know there's a problem, we know it's been going on for thousands of years, none of this is new. We just have to figure out how we're going to stop it. We're all going to stop it by talking about it. And this is, this is one of those thoughts that runs through my head. You know, how do you identify the pedophiles? Because they are, they're everywhere. They live amongst us. They work at our stores. They smile at our faces. They drive our school buses. They can be teachers. They can be doctors. They're your kids' coaches. They can be police officers. They are judges, mayors of towns, clergy, The stories go on and on everywhere. And if you think about the, the transgender bathroom debacle that we have had over the last few years, it is based in the fear that pedophiles are everywhere. We must protect the children. Transgenders are consistently, normally, there's always a few, but normally they're all about being with consenting adults. They like consenting adults. The people who like the kids, that's who we've got to figure out how to identify and spot and how to make sure they are properly punished so they cannot continue to thrive in this environment that they have created for themselves, where they get lenient sentences, even if the victim is brave enough to come forward and get a conviction. So we have to talk about it to address it. And we, we have to know what kind of questions to ask. and We have to be willing to pay attention to our kids. And when they don't want to hug somebody, goodbye, don't make them. They don't want to kiss somebody, goodbye, don't make them. They don't like somebody, don't let them go near them. I don't care who the person is. I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I don't trust anybody with my kids. I, it is one of my issues. I have trust issues because of the way I was raised. So this, this uh, name your kid after your high school sweetheart, I think it is a tip that you are dealing with a pedophile, and I have no way to prove it. It's just my theory and my opinion. So there was no way my mother was going to allow my father to name me after his high school sweetheart. And the only name he would agree to was Charmin. And she finally convinced him to concede and spell it with an S. Now, if you go look for the song on iTunes, you'll notice that it's spelled S-H-A-R-M-O-N. And I am spelled S-H-A-R-M-I-N because he wanted it to be just like the toilet paper and he wanted me to be squeezably soft and he thought it would all work out just fine for me and people would love squeezing me and i can tell you when i was little they didn't even call me Charmin; they called me sweet pea just like the baby from popeye who never grew they the baby from the popeye cartoons in this movie that it never grew and Uh, Neither did I. Now I have learned as an adult that that is a sign of failure to thrive and it is a sign that there is abuse and the child needs to have additional attention. We didn't go to doctors when I was a kid. Doctors ask questions. Doctors are very inconvenient. So I was born in 1975 and that was the summer That the Navy worked in conjunction with England to do a bicentennial celebration and sail the tall ships, the big sail ships with the ships, the tall ships from England to America for part of the bicentennial celebration of our country and that summer while my mother was pregnant with me we were living in Newport Rhode Island and my father was sailing the tall ships from England for the bicentennial celebration of our country and I think that is just super cool I gotta be honest with you especially since I want to be president every October when the Navy turns 243 years old or whatever it is November the 1st I turn 43 years old you know. And it just keeps going on. So the Navy and I celebrate together. The country and I celebrate together. I love our country. And I'm incredibly grateful to be a part of it. No matter how painful my journey has been, I have managed to have a fantastic time along the way. And I promise to tell you some good stories before this is over. Um, but this, this first section is a little painful because there's some reality checks. And I do think these tips are important for us to pay attention to as we start to get to know new people and and even honestly the people that you've known for a long time because you really don't know who's hiding around you. And, and it's time, in my opinion, for us to level set expectations about what we feel is acceptable and what we feel is unacceptable. And at the top of my list of things that I find unacceptable is sexual relations with minors and children. And anybody who you know has those thoughts you know you, you we have this movement of the virtuous pedophile they just think about it they don't do it you can trust them around your kids i don't trust anybody around my kids i don't trust anybody around your kids i don't trust anybody i have to i don't just give my trust you have to earn my trust and i am a tough cookie a lot of people won't mess with me they can spot me a mile away and most people will just walk away from me I guarantee you, you want me on your side. And it is, it, you know, my name, it, I, I, when I went to kindergarten and I had to go through elementary school, man, I heard it every day. I heard, don't squeeze the Charmin, Mr. Whipple, blah, 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 every single day. And I hated my name until I was 16. And I was cruising the strip right around my birthday. Do y'all remember what it meant to cruise the strip? Get in your car when gas was a buck a gallon and just drive up and down the road for hours looking at each other and yelling and whistling out of the car. It was such a good time. These kids need some cruising. We pulled up in the little loop at the mall to do our you know, turn around and get back on the road. This truck full of cowboys pulled up next to us and said, hey, what's your name? So I let the girls in the front seat answer first, and I answered last because I hated it when someone asked my name. Lord only knows what I was going to get. This cowboy jumped out of his truck, ran over to my vehicle, opened the door, pulled me out, squeezed me so tight, and said, ooh, you are squeezably soft. And my name has been a fantastic pickup line ever since. I've been having a good time, I promise you. I have a comeback for every line I have heard. And if my dad wanted his girl to be like the girl in the song, I'm not sure some days if it's a blessing or a curse, but I'm going to do everything I can to take it out for a spin over the next two years and introduce myself to you. It's going to take a very unique personality to debate Donald Trump. And I plan to put on a show, the likes of which Y'all ain't never seen before. So I'm going to take a break here. and We're going to play a little bit of music because it's my birthday. We'll be right back. Hello, it is me again. And uh, this is probably the appropriate time for me to, on my birthday, thank Apple for not figuring out video phones 10 years sooner. Because when I said I had a fantastic time growing up, I mean it. And I really do not. I really am grateful to have been able to do my 20s before social media and video cameras were everywhere to capture everything they could do. I don't think I could run for office if if, uh, we'd have figured out that technology just a decade earlier. So thank you, Apple. From me and the bottom of my heart on my birthday, timing is everything, and I have perfect timing. So as we move forward and we talk about how crazy my life has been and how fun it has been, I realize that my birthdays are always significant. and We, we all have significant birthdays, right? You, you relive them a little on your, on your birthday. You remember the good times and the bad times. Sweet 16. I remember sweet 16. And somebody asked me for the very first time if I was sweet 16 and never been kissed or sweet 16 and never been missed. And I was like, ooh, ouch, definitely never been missed. So when I raised my kids, all my kids, uh, at least my oldest children, Uh, or I guess the youngest, I should say. My husband and I have five children total between us. We have his, hers, and ours. He has two from his first marriage. I have one from my first marriage. We have two together. They range from 25 to 13, but my oldest is 23. And I taught all of my kids, all of them, they had a choice. They could be sweet 16 and never been kissed, or sweet 16 and never been missed. It's their choice. And they all chose sweet 16 and never been kissed. Even the boy, I don't think that's, don't think that's actually going to work. He's 14. It's really kind of scary. It is my birthday, and I would like to take this opportunity to send a heartfelt um, message out to whoever the guys were that participated in the male birth control study. You could give me a gift and get your butts back in the, the, uh, the science lab and figure it out so that all the rest of these guys can get male birth control, especially my son. I'm running out of time. I'd like the male birth control pill worked out long before I have to worry about that sweet 16 and never been missing working out. I'm have grandchildren all over the country. It's not going to be funny. It's going to mess up my run for office. I mean it. You guys that weren't responsible for that male birth control pill, I'm sorry you had a headache. <laughs> Get out there and fix it. I love him. I really do. But, you know, I heard that girls were the way to the White House, and I certainly can see why, because my goodness. You know, for all the men that I have met that have said that they didn't realize how bad women had it until they had a girl, I will be the first woman to tell you I did not realize how bad men had it until I had a boy. And my boy is my boys are way harder than my girls. And it might be because of my trauma. It might be because of all the bad things that have ever happened to me. But his normal boy behavior, some of it's just not funny to me. I don't like it. And that's you, you have to get used to it because this is just the way boys behave. I don't like it. It doesn't work for me either. I'm not falling for any of that stuff. It's a challenge. And I know I'm not alone. I know I've talked to other moms out there who are dealing with the same issue. And it's one of the things that we're going to be having a conversation about over the next two years because as this Me Too movement comes to, to light and comes into its It's full presence and being. We are going to have to talk about the way men and women relate to each other. And so many men now are saying, I don't know how to act around a woman. I'm scared. I don't even know what to do. And that's ridiculous to me because they always knew what behavior was inappropriate and unacceptable. They just never cared. And now they're getting caught, called out for it and they don't like it. Time to change things. It's time for us to level set expectations. One of the things that I have learned through years of therapy on how to deal with and manage my triggers and my nightmares and my flashbacks is the number one and most important thing for me to do is to establish boundaries. And we as America need to establish boundaries. Men and women across the world need to establish boundaries. Adults are out of control. Adults need boundaries. Adults need very clear boundaries because they are smart and they are sneaky and you need to all keep each other in check. The idea that just because we legalize gay marriage amongst consenting adults now opens the door for bestiality and pedophilia just isn't going to fly with the rest of us. That is unacceptable. Don't even try. Oh, you're going to try anyway? I know there's a saying, uh, you messed with the wrong woman this time, but I just want you to know this time you picked the right woman. I'm all about helping, figure, helping all of us figure this one out. Like I said, I was born for some things, and this definitely seems to be one of them. So I'm a Scorpio, and Scorpio is lots of fun. You know, we rule the house of sex, Seems completely appropriate. We're going to be talking about sex a lot for the next two years, consenting sex. We're going to establish some boundaries for what is and is not appropriate behavior. And let's all start with the brave and rash concept that maybe everybody, One among us has some common sense. Let's start there. And let's keep our hands to ourselves. Let's not say naughty things. I know you think you're funny, but you're not. Gentlemen, I don't know who taught you to come stand next to women and grunt. Don't do it. Stop it. No woman likes that. When I pull up to a drive-through, I don't want you to look at me and go, oh, I don't need that. I'm not interested. Stop it. Who taught you to do that? You know that's wrong. But we need to establish boundaries because some people don't understand right from wrong. They just don't. And in order for me as a multiple sexual assault survivor, That's the joy of being an adult survivor of childhood sexual assault. You often find yourself in situations that lead to sexual assault. And you just make the best of a bad situation and justify and excuse it. And, you know, all the victim blaming and shaming that you hear on the news every day for some dumb woman who managed to get herself gang raped, you just tell yourself. And um, you just move on every day. And as the world wakes up to the millions of women who are dealing with this, and men too, because men get raped as well. As the world wakes up in this Me Too movement, we're going to have to have these conversations. And the first place we need to start is boundaries. And the brazen idea that we all have some common sense. It, um, I, I, I don't think it's dead. I mean, maybe it's rare, but I don't think it's dead. If we see someone scaring a woman, so this is the thing. A lot, so many women have been traumatized, and men as well, but mostly women. So let's just talk about it. So many women have been traumatized that they live in fear every second of the day. If, if a small child is bitten by a dog, they will grow into an adult who fears dogs. My, my cousin had the same situation. I have two of the best black labs you ever met in your life. They're just the biggest babies and he's terrified of them. He was bit once when he was a kid and I said, oh, I, I completely get it. That's why I'm afraid of men. And he was so angry or seemed angry with me because he'd never connected the two together. It's important to connect the dots and it's important that we, you know, find a way to compare apples to apples and oranges to oranges instead of apples to oranges, it makes it easier for us to understand each other. And it is going to be really important as people feel like they can tell their story. If they trust you enough to share their truth with you, you're you're not going to know what to do. You're going to feel awkward. You're going to feel uncomfortable. You want to be there for them. You don't want to be there too much for them. You you don't know what to do. Can you touch them? Can you hug them? You You don't know. Sheryl Sandberg has taught us all the concept of leaning in. But what, what I have experienced throughout my life, whenever I have discussed my, my sexual trauma, is people lean back in repulsion and in disgust. My truth is so traumatizing to them, they don't want to hear it. And I get it. But if you really want to help someone, who is sharing their truth with you. You don't have to lean in, but please don't lean back. Just stand there and try not to pass out, okay? If they will let you hold their hand, do, but leave it at that until you know and they tell you what they want. It's okay to say, May I hug you and ask for permission to comfort someone before you do it, because maybe they don't want it, but maybe they do. I was so young when I saw my first hug. I was probably four, and my dad was getting ready to retire out of Great Lakes, and he was getting his... Um, first you know, real job and he had bought a a meat packing plant and he processed whole animals into bundles of meat that were sold and he did a booming business during hunting season and he had his own butcher shop and people came in and bought meat and there was meat lockers and there was always something hanging around and um, there was a day that he let one of his customers take me home because um, she didn't think I needed to be hanging around the meat shop and walking around the cooler, you know, with all them hanging dead cows all over the place. She thought it'd be a lot more fun for me to just go home with her and he you know, let her go. She, she had her son take me to the park and there was a sandbox and I played in that sandbox. It was one of the it's one of the happiest memories of my life. But I, I, I said something to him that scared him. And I remember the look in his eyes, the fear. I remember the look of fear in his eyes because he didn't know what to do after whatever it was I said. And he took me home, and she had told him not to let me get dirty. And I went straight for that sandbox. And he was like, Mom, what was I supposed to do? She went straight for the sandbox, and she was mad at him. She smacked him for letting me get dirty. And then he told her whatever it was that I said and started crying. And she grabbed him and hugged him in a force that I had never seen before. I didn't know what was going on. She was giving him a hug, like with her arms wrapped around him. And he was clearly liking it. And But he was crying. And she was it was the most confusing thing I had ever seen in my life. I was five years old. I had never seen a hug before. Before. That was the kind of house I grew up in. And I love that woman. She lives in infamy in my brain. She is definitely a titta. You know, the 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 name of my book, Taming the Titta, that aggressive female personality that will fight you. Because she, when she took me back to the the meatpacking plant, and she confronted my dad and they yelled and they screamed and he called her names and told her nobody would ever believe her. And and she told him she didn't care. And he must have been afraid of her because he didn't hit her. And he hit everybody. I even seen him hit cops. Like, I don't, I don't get this thing with cops these days. I do. My ex-husband was a cop. Maybe we won't discuss that today. But trust me, I got a whole theory on cops. I got a whole education on cops with my ex-husband. It was very sad. And I see that mentality, that Texas cop mentality spreading to police nationwide. And it is terrifying for for me, Um, part of my PTSD as well. There are good cops, there are bad cops, but there are are good people, there are bad people. I talk about wolves and sheepdogs and sheep in my book. And I know that's a theme that a lot of people are really, really familiar with. But we have wolves who have infiltrated the sheepdog rank. And the sheep know it, and they're stampeding. It is incredibly dangerous. And the sheepdogs amongst us must rise up, and we must do something to end the reign of the wolves. It is, there is an insult that conservatives give to liberals that they're sheep. And, um... It's my favorite insult on the planet. I love it. It is the best thing ever. I love it when they call us sheep. And I want all of you to know to stand tall and proud every time you are called a sheep. It is the greatest compliment that could ever be given to anyone. If you have not read Revelations in the Bible post-election, then you are missing the treat of your life. I am telling you, go to Bible.com, go to the Revelations. It's got an audio feature. This chapter, this book in the Bible, this section is supposed to be read aloud. These words are supposed to wash over you, but I'll give you a little trick. When you get to the end The lambs win. And I love being called a sheep. It is absolutely the greatest compliment they could ever give us. So the next time somebody calls you a sheep, say thank you and do it with pride. Because if we are locked in a battle with the Bible, because someday that is certainly what it feels like. It's important for you to know that one of my great, great granddaddies was the editor of the Bible, and I'm going to bring a whole different perspective to why we have a separation of church and state in our country. I talked about DNA. There's a lot of connections, a lot of dots I've connected along the way, and I'm looking forward to sharing all of it with you so that you can understand why it is my, I was born for this. I literally, everything about my life, from my mother's multiple attempts to abort me and tell me that because she couldn't abort me, she always knew there was something wrong with me. And it took me 42 years to realize that there wasn't anything wrong with me. It was not ever the situation where I wasn't supposed to be here. I was always meant to be here and I am here for a reason and this is it and I know it is the biggest David and Goliath story in history but I just can't wait to share it with everybody you can find me at charmansmith.com you can find my book Taming Matita on Amazon or on Kindle or Barnes and Noble you can follow me on Twitter because you know my milkshake will bring all the trolls to the yard At Smith Sharman. My first MAGA supporters followed me this week. Follow me on Twitter. You know I'm going to need your help. And on Facebook at Sharman Smith for President 2020. We're going to break again with another song and be back in just a few minutes.
2: Happy, happy birthday, baby, although you're with somebody new, thought I'd drop a line to say that I wish this happy day would find me beside you. Happy, happy birthday, baby No, I can't call you my baby Seems like years ago we met On a day I can't forget Cause that's when we fell in didn't spoil your birthday I know I'm acting kind of crazy So I'll close this note to you With good luck and wishes too Happy, happy birthday
1: I love that song, but it does make me think about all the fantastic birthdays I've had where I got to listen to it, you know, and, and like I said, I'm going to tell some funny stories still because I still have some good stuff to tell, but I do want to take an opportunity to clean up something from the first, the first uh, trimester of the show where I talked about tips and tricks and asking 20 questions and, you know. The, the idea that there are jokes that pedophiles make that we don't realize actually help us identify them for who they are. And I want you to start thinking about that as a dog whistle. We are comfortable, not comfortable, but we recognize the term dog whistle in relation to racist being racist against black people. We Are comfortable with the concept of the dog whistle being some sort of trigger language that racists use so other racists can identify themselves and I I want us to think about the pedophiles in the same concept and we need to be doing everything we can to identify them that dog whistle exists Probably for more topics than we realize, but these are two major issues that we have to discuss and address, and they're everywhere around us, and it is it is so important for all of us. Um, but back to some fun things, because we really only have a few more minutes, and, and there's there's got to be something that I should probably tell you else about my. Birthday today, Think, oh, that is right. Today is my 15 year wedding anniversary. It's not just my birthday, it's my birth anniversary. Oh, we got married 15 years ago today. This June the 1st was our sweet 16 since we met. And I definitely think that you guys deserve to hear how I met your future first dude. You know, because we still have to have our, you know, our new 4Fs, our fun with the future first family. And uh, so your future first dude, I met him on June the 1st, 2002. And it was one of my girlfriend's birthdays. And we were out in Jacksonville Beach, Florida at a bar called The Ritz. And they had turned the parking lot into an outside sidebar too so you could come in and come out and everybody was drinking and have a good time and we all got separated and I came out one of the doors outside to look for my my group of girlfriends and bam right in my face is this guy and he said, hey what's your name and listen this is the thing about me just because you ask my name doesn't mean you get my name
0: okay
1: this is the way I play and so I said what's your name and he said skip and I said skip that sounds like a You know, in my head, I was thinking, that's a stupid name. I can tell him my name. So I said, Charmin. And he said, so are you squeezably soft? And I said, as a matter of fact, I am, but you'll never find out. Now, let me tell you, never say never. I'll tell you, never say never. That boy, he was entertainment for me all night long. Quite frankly, he's been entertainment for me ever since. After that moment... At least four or five guys came out of nowhere and started jumping on him and hitting him and, you know, busting on him and saying, oh, dang, Skip, I never heard a girl talk to you like that before. Oh, and I was like, oh, geez, sailors, I'm out of here, gone. I don't even know if they noticed when I left, they were so busy messing with him for you know, my little verbal abuse of him. I don't know if you noticed, but I might possibly have a sharp tongue and, um, know how to use it. My mother said that my father had it and I got it from him. She called it finesse and it was the ability to tell someone to go to hell and make them enjoy the trip. And so I left him and his pile of sailors And I walked around the bar again and I made another loop looking for my girlfriend because I don't like to be in a bar by myself. I've been drugged way too many times Um, and I like to have babysitters for people who keep an eye on me. Um, So I come back out the same door again and there he is standing there rubbing his jaw with his this, like he had taken my right hook and liked it and I said oh you again you like that huh good for you. you need it and he was like yeah I like it and, I, and he said so what's your deal I want your number what's, what's the deal and I said just because you want my number doesn't mean you get my number and then bam all the boys were there again and there was a line of them five of them lined up right in front of me just as cute as they could be all of them fantastic and, uh, and he said, well, what do I got to do to get your number? And I said, I got five questions. You got to answer them right. Or you don't get my number. And they all said, we want to play. Ask all of us. We all want your number. <laughs> and that's going to be a good night. <laughs> tonight. You think I'm funny like this when I'm sober, you should see me with a drink. All right. It's a good time. So I started and I told them I had five questions and they had to answer them honestly, or they wouldn't get my number. And so the first, the first question I ask is, um, what's your name, first, middle, and last? It's not hard, but I got a thing about initials. And since my first and middle name is Charmin Lin, I'm looking for a dude with a last name for initials that start with an S or an L. Just so you know, everybody has their own thing. It's my thing. It's what I was looking for. I really like the way I make my S's. I really like the way I make my L's. And I just wanted to have two initials that were the same because I just think it's super cute. And um by the way, all my kids have S names. So that's just, you know kind of what you should expect from us. And it, it really looks fantastic. I'm starting to really dig the Superman emblems with all the S's everywhere. I just think that you know we, we can probably do something for that with a logo and a campaign. And we Play off of Wonder Woman here in a minute. Um, <clears throat> so the, the first question is what's your name first, middle and last. And the second question is when your birthday, because I want to know what your sign is. And one guy was an Aquarius. One guy was uh, a Leo. My husband was a Taurus. And then there were two Scorpios, and I'm a Scorpio. So, of course, you know, I, I, uh, I uh, have a way of twisting my words up real nice. And I um, disqualified three men on that question. And it came down to the Aquarius and the Taurus, my husband. And I finished asking all the boys the questions just to be polite because they don't need to know who wins and who loses until it's all over. Um, and then my third question was, what do you do for a living? And they all had different answers. One was an IT guy. One guy was a lawyer. One guy was a sports representative. One guy um, was a landscaper. One guy was a political analyst. And I was just like, oh, okay, awesome. Fantastic. These are sailors. And uh, so my fourth question was, where are you from? Um, You know, because I'm from everywhere, right? I was born in Newport, Rhode Island, but I grew up in Chicago until elementary school. And then I did middle school and high school out in Idaho, but I've lived in Texas. And we were in Florida at the moment. And I've lived in California. I mean, I've lived everywhere. And I have definitely had the opportunity to see that people are different based off their region. And there's a big difference in people when you go from west to east of the Mississippi. There's a big difference of people when you get to the right. Rockies, and when you get west of the Rockies, and the the people from the from New England, they're their own special breed, all by themselves. It's you know, you kind of, it's important to me. And so, both these guys are New England guys; they're basically the same. And asked what their religions were. And, you know, a couple of guys were Catholic, and I had something to say about that. And it should be known that I have discovered recently that my family has 500 years documented drama with the Catholic Church. And it doesn't surprise me at all that the day after I launched my webpage, the Pope made the announcement that the Catholic Church is no longer going to support the death penalty because I am definitely all about giving the death penalty to pedophile priests. Sorry, it's my birthday, and that's who I am. Uh <laughs> And so the, the the very, did I get four questions? And the, the very, well, no, five questions. What was your religion? And um, so when it came down to it, the only guy that I was really interested in was my, well, actually, the, the two guys, the, the Aquarius and my husband were basically the same. And they were. Not the same physically. The other guy was like six foot six and he was brought up on top and there on the bottom. He you had know, all the right bumps in all the right places. And my husband was like basically my height, maybe a little shorter than me and like broad and stocky and got like no neck and a big head. And he's like, you know, looks like a, a linebacker, honestly. You know, I hate to see him go. Love to watch him leave. Um, and I, so I smiled at both of them and the super tall guy had the worst teeth I've ever seen in my life. And my husband had the prettiest row of teeth I have ever seen. He eventually ended up with my number, but it wasn't right away. It was, um, you know, it, it actually took till the end of the night when he came back and ran off some other boy buying me a hot dog. And, uh, I said, what are you doing there? Boy, why'd you run off my sweet little sailor? He was following me a hot dog. And he said, "You don't need that." And and I said, uh, I, "You don't know what I need. Mean. It's not up to you." And he said, "He said uh, I thought we kind of had a thing going, you know. And so you accused me of stalking you earlier in the night." And I said, "Well, I left, and then you just showed up. And you thought you were going to be there again. And uh, no, I thought you were stalking me." And he's like, "No, I'm definitely not stalking you." But what do I have to do to get your number? I said, "You had to tell me the truth." He said, "What did I lied to you about?" And I said, "What do you do for a living?" And then he's. Couldn't even remember what it was he told me. So he tried to tell me something else. And I said, fuck you, all of you. Oops, am I supposed to say that on the air? Ooh, I should stop. I said, you're lying to me. Every single one of you are sailors. And they said, how do you know? And I said, because my father was a company commander and he pushed recruits through boot camp. And I was raised in boot camp. And they all stood up tall. Said, yes, ma'am, we are. We're sorry. We won't do that to you again. And I I said, now, what do you do for a living? And they said, we're pilots, all of us. And I said, yeah, sure you are. (laughs) Sure you are. Give me your IDs. And they said, why? And I said, I want to look at your IDs. And they said, why? And I said, you know why. I want to see what your rank is. I want to see where you're stationed. And he pulls out his ID and he hands it to me. And I looked down and I said, Wayne, You said your name was Skip. And he said, my name is Skip. My mama calls me Skip. Everybody calls me Skip. If you call looking for Wayne, you don't know Skip. And I thought, Lord, I should definitely give this boy my number. And that, ladies and gentlemen, led to the best first date ever where he thought he was so cool. And he asked me, he told me so proud. He said, I want to be the president. Could you be the first lady? And I didn't even miss a beat when I said I want to be president. Could you be the first man? Your job would be tougher than mine. I have dozens of first ladies to give me an example of how I should behave. You might be the first. Could you do it? And he nodded his head and he smiled and he said, Later on, that that was one of those moments where he knew he had met his match. And I'll tell you, I have been putting up with him ever since. I had four employers tell me I needed to make a choice between my military husband and my career, and I chose my military husband every time because it's harder to find a it's easier to find a J O B than it is to find a first dude. And that's me, and it's my birthday. And I want to thank you for coming along on my journey with me and my family. And and I'm looking forward to getting to know you better every week. You can find me at Charmansmith.com. You can find me on Facebook at Charmin Smith for President twenty twenty, on Twitter at Smith Charman or buy a copy of my book on Amazon or Kindle or at Barnes and Noble. Taming the Titta. Thank you very much, everyone. Goodbye.